Welcome to episode 382. The aftermarket, you know, is a male-dominated industry. According to my guest, Jody DeVere, only 26% of the people working in the automotive industry are women. There's an untapped potential for women, she says, who don't know that this is a viable career path and they have special talent that works well in the service sector. Hey, we'll get into that in a moment. Here's a taste. I just had an incident personally where I had to buy a Wi-Fi jetpack. I didn't even know what the heck it was. It was a task that I had to carry out and they walked me through the whole thing. They helped me and, and it was a woman. She was great. She really knew her stuff, and I had a tremendous experience, and I said, that is the type of person that I would like to see working the front counter at a, at a shop. She would be perfect. Welcome, aftermarketers, to Remarkable Results Radio. Listen to learn just one thing from today's episode on your journey to remarkable results. Hi, Carm Capriato here. Glad to have you by. And in a few moments, Jody DeVere in her second interview will explore how to fit women in the male-dominated world of the automotive industry. Hey, looking for a hands-on, real-world technical training experience? Well, Garage Gurus offers on-site training in major markets across the country, providing the equipment, tools, and know-how needed to help keep your next job on track. Find out more at fmgaragegurus.com. Here's a shout-out to new Facebook friends Charlie Marcotte, Tim Cifelli, and Charles Gaiman, and new LinkedIn connections Jacob Gallegos and Byron Chastain. Are you in touch with our remarkable community? Well, get inside our ecosystem at remarkableresults.biz/social. Hey, I'm giving away podcast collector's swag. Ooh, and you can get some. Just listen to this episode for the November 2018 password and then go to remarkableresults.biz/swag and enter. In just a bit, I'll tell you the password. Hey, now meet Jody DeVere, CEO of Ask Patty. Now, she's a champion for women in the automotive industry. In this episode, Jody DeVere is concerned that we need to grow women's involvement in the automotive industry for sure. Jody says women's involvement in the industry could be because they've not yet thought of the industry as a serious, rewarding career path. Whatever the reasons, we need to be involved within our communities, groups, and networks to spread the awareness of the great careers for women in the automotive industry. Jody gives a tip on recruiting women to work in the automotive, where to place ads, and what buzzwords you should use. She talks about getting the word out to women by engaging parents and youth to consider the automotive field as a rewarding career for both men and women. Jody also gives us a glimpse of the all-woman off-road rally she attended named Rebel Rally. And listen to no more. I've saved you a front-row seat on the Aftermarket's premier talk radio podcast to hear what Jody DeVere, one of our most important champion of women in the industry, has to say. Find Jody's bio, her previous interviews, and this episode's talking points at remarkableresults.biz slash E382. Hey, enjoy the conversation. Hey, a warm welcome to Jody DeVere again. Glad to have you, Jody. Always a pleasure, Carm. From Ask Patty, and uh, you recently did a For the Record for us. Appreciate that. You know, the awareness to women. That was a, a wonderful piece that you did for us. We, as an industry, struggle, I believe, to communicate with women. And I know you're an expert at it. And we love to hire service professionals at our counter. And we love them to be women, Jody. Your perspective on the power of that. 
You know, I talk to a lot of shop owners, of course, because I have well over 4,000 certified female-friendly clients across the U.S. and Canada, and they're always looking to hire women. And so I think that a lot of myths need to be dispelled. So let me get rid of a couple of myths, that they have to have technical background, that they have to be a tech first, and that that's a requirement to be a service advisor or front counter customer service rep. No. In fact, sometimes when you put a tech up front, they're more like engineer personalities a lot of times and they over explain. And especially, you know, since 78% of your customers, um, this is a national statistic, uh, should be women, uh, that may not go over really big. And so actually, that's one of the reasons why uh, they don't think they can find the right woman because they're less than 2% of all technicians are women. So you're going to have a really hard time. And most of those women actually want to turn a wrench. They don't want to work the front counter, at least not in the early part of their career. So I think you need to think uh, differently. You also need to run your ads differently. Most women who have great customer service skills and who adapt quickly and would work well are not going to be looking in the automotive section of your local uh, classified. Um, These are people who work uh, retail and who have great uh, skills in working with the general public, great problem-solving skills, who uh, are have a personality type that is uh, outgoing and friendly and helpful. These are great skills because the rest of it can be taught. Um, in fact, ASC provides a service advisor uh, patch. They can take that test and you can work with them uh, to get them to the point where they can answer basic car care questions. And they don't come with any bad habits. No bad habits. And they speak people, not car. Yeah. I've heard that a lot from some service uh, service specialists, uh, shop owners. They say, Carm, I've, I've just hired the most fantastic service advisor, and she was waiting on me in this restaurant for years, and I just loved her personality, and I hired her. And she really had a very powerful effect on my business. So I think that myth is that they have to know a lot about cars or love cars or have some sort of special inside scoop. Quite the contrary. You know, only 26% of all people working in automotive, this is in all jobs, in automakers, aftermarket, working at, you know, tire manufacturers and shops and dealers are women. And and part of it is that we don't do a good job in our industry of putting out job wanted ads that relate to women's skills. And, you know, I want to get beyond the fact that we have a little bit of a malaise or a bad rap too, um, in terms of making women comfortable, because I know a lot of really awesome, great shops with a great culture as it relates to women. And so I think part of it is where you're advertising, you know, not in the automotive section, you need to put it in the retail section of your uh, classified Um, and not revolve so much around automotive skills. Now, in today's world, if you have an up-to-date shop, you have a CRM, or you have, you know, they might need technical skills to be able to operate, you know, the front cash register and your CRM. And some of my clients even now have the iPad where they can, you know, the, the tablet where they can show the customer pictures. 
those type of skills, but really they need to have good people skills and they also need to be hungry. In other words, want to work for you and do a good job. And also I would like to remind uh, shop owners that people are looking for careers, especially younger, the younger generation of millennials and younger millennials. And so, you know, you need to have some sort of career path for them to hold on to them too and to give them uh, competitive benefits to other retailers in your area. Uh, but most women who hold these positions at shops or for that matter are, are service advisors at dealerships and other companies, usually people are lining up to talk to them because I'm going to make you giggle. I am a talker, but most women have better listening skills than men do. Well, that's a powerful thought. I love that stat. Now, wait a minute. Hmm, if we all sit here on the podcast and we listen and we think of our significant other, if that significant other is a female, and we say, has she listened to me lately? (laughs) I don't know, maybe because I always think about the listening thing is that the only way I'm going to get her to listen is if I listen. Well, you know, if you have a significant other, a wife or a sister or a girlfriend, and you hear this comment a lot, you're not listening to me. Or could you just stop and listen to me? Because sometimes the Venus and Mars things go into effect that she starts telling you about your day and you want to fix all her problems. And so you interrupt to get or get her to the point. And women tend to be storytellers versus bullet point talkers. And so this begins sort of the cycle of poor listening. You actually are listening very closely, but you want her to get to the point so you can fix it for her. And that's not what women need. They want to be heard without interruption, it is actually for most women a sign of ultimate respect to listen and listen attentively. You're doing it right now, Carm, with me because you're tilting your head and you're I can see you're you're moving toward me to really hear what I'm saying attentively. And these very subtle uh, body language skills um, sometimes need to be taught. They do not come naturally in, uh, if this is not how you were, um, you know, this is not your, your skill set. I'm talking with Anthony Frowine, a technical product specialist with Federal Mogul Motor Parts. What are the techs saying about your visit? Every single time that I set up a training, I try to put, position the van inside the shop. You know, you're part of their house at that point. Whenever you set aside that time, you tell them that you're coming in, you're providing a lunch, and you're really bringing something of meat and value to the table. Once they get a taste of it, really, by the time you're done, they're asking, when can you come back? When can you come back? Or, hey, what else you got in your bag of tricks? Exactly. Exactly. So the greatest outcome of your visit to a a professional shop? Is just to really make a difference in their everyday procedures to maximize, obviously, maximize the premium end of the product that's being installed. But ultimately, for me being a next shop owner as well, is to maximize their profitability in installing the part right the first time and having a happy customer. I always say happy customer is like a happy wife. Happy wife, happy life. Same thing goes with the customer. I've heard that before. So you take a Wagner OEX pad and you put it into the hands of a technician's. What happens? First off, they're floored with the cut design on the front end. They'd never seen 
a brake pad like this before. And then you start to break it down into why it's cut the way it is and how it's application or platform specific, how the backing plates are no longer painted, they're zinc coated, and that's for tolerance level. So that way you don't have a buildup on the ears and fitting into the hardware. I mean, you get into all the little nuances that they've changed around with that brake pad on top of the performance end of it. I mean, it's it's phenomenal. And then once they physically try the brake pad, either on a customer's car or their own vehicle, I've heard nothing but rave reviews about the brake pad. Federal Mogul Motor Parks' Garage Gurus is your go-to source for the vehicle training, technology, and answers you need to keep your next job on track. On site, online, or on demand, the gurus are here to help keep your business and your career on the road to success. Visit fmgarageguru.com. Hey, here's the password for the November 2018 swag. The password is learning. Go to remarkableresults.biz slash swag to enter and grab some really cool podcast swag that you can use every day. The password is learning. You know, Jody, I, I could get up in front of a, a class and teach listening skills, even though I am not a PhD in listening. And the reason that I say that is... As an interviewer for the last three and a half years, over 400 and some episodes, in the early days, I said, oh, I'm an interviewer. This is fun. It's exciting. I'm, I'm helping rise the industry. And then I realized the power of listening and where the story comes from in, in podcasting. And I could get up and literally teach people how to be a better listener. And you just said it a little bit ago, confirming, clarifying body language. You have to invest power in yourself to be a good listener. You do. And, and I think that some of these skills do not come naturally. And especially during a busy day when the counter is crazy and the phone is ringing and, and you've got people lined up and this, being present with that one person one at a time is difficult. It is a challenge and some shop owners um, omit to realize that maybe they just need somebody to answer the phone and not make the service advisor do double time. I know I hate that. I'm standing at the counter, but he's, he took two phone calls. I'm right in front of you. Deal with me. Um, yeah, work with me on that. Um, uh, it, it's, it is a huge part of, I think, a deteriorating relationship when you're at the counter and there's, you're across from the service advisor and the phone's ringing and they nicely apologize to you and get the phone. And it's almost because the phone is the urgent ring that's getting in the way of me and you. And I've always been kind. No, no problem. Go ahead and get that. And then that thing goes on for another five minutes. And that's five minutes of my time that is being taken away from me. I think you bring up a great point. What, any statistics or studies about the interruption in, in the one-on-one uh, -on -one phase at the counter? It's a bigger picture because I think that they could actually fill their bays better if they hired a very part-time person during the two busiest times of the day, in the morning and at the end of the day, that is the time of day when people are bringing their cars in, calling, and then at the end when they're coming to pick up, it would take that burden off the service advisor 
who is the person who is, needs to do the pre-diagnosis and get the details down the RO, you know, get them helped, get their keys and get them to the shuttle or, or you know, get them on their way. And in the, the evening, also be there to greet them, discuss everything, make sure it's all hunky-dory, get them to sign off, give them the keys, walk them to the car, which very rarely happens, by the way, because they're, they, because they're tied to the phone of people calling, is my car ready or whatever. And I think um, there's this big waste uh, that happens because they could actually do more business if they looked they're paying somebody, I don't know how, how much that service advisor makes, but let's make it up. Let's say he's making $30 an hour. You could, you could pay a $10 an hour person to do the phone stuff, to get the information and to answer their questions. And so you're paying somebody $30 or $40 an hour, and it slows down your business. And so, but more important, first impressions are very important. And I think consumers are very pressed for time. Many women are working and caring for a household, uh, and they have timeframes they need to work under. And so you need to look at that flow and do what's necessary to, to you know, create a really customer-centric flow in the morning and afternoon and throughout the whole business, of course. But I think that they just think their service advisors, everything, customer service, problem solving, you know, that... Some, some, some of those folks are even ordering parts, um, you know, once the RO is in. And so they really need to do a better job of, of that sort of the flow of communication so that for that five or seven minutes that you have the customer in front of you, you give them your full attention. It's very respectful and it goes a long way in um, customer retention. I love what you said. Uh, we're challenged in our industry with the technician shortage air quotes and we're you know we're really talking about growing our own and finding a i don't want to signal anything a young you know an inexperienced individual bring them through the ranks you just described how to grow your own service advisor by getting that person who said well i really think i need a second service advisor well maybe you just need a helping hand and a service advisor assistant in waiting, if you will. And, you know, there's so much that that individual can learn. I, I, I love your point. I want to go back a few moments about advertising for a service advisor, a woman service advisor. And you said, keep it away from the, re, the automotive section. That sounds very intelligent, very smart, not to, you know, to, to move it to a retail. But, you know, I, I hear a lot of people recently say, well, Carm, I put ads in Craigslist to hire a technician. And in, in certain words that they say that they'll only offer them four days, even though we're a six day work week and they're, they're trying to hire some pretty good talent that wants to, you know, put in a 40 hour week and, and the shop owner wants to work around it. They just want to get a body in there that they can start talking to. Any special words that uh, could be used in an ad to attract the kind of woman that, that has the right, the right stuff for us? What you need to do, and this is, I've, I've done this so many times for clients, you need to go to your classified ads, knowing what you're going to pay this person, look at the retail ads that are running, and mention the, in your ads, mention the stores that they would be applying for. You know, I'm looking for someone with experience. You can't say woman. That's against the law. 
but you can say has experience and I'm making this up at working at Starbucks or Pep Boys or um, has experience working at Macy's or Penny's because that it, you're speaking her language. Well, you know, that's the experience I have. I also want to talk about benefits because there's a, there's a benefit that I've been recommending a lot that because sometimes you just, it, there's competition for that level person. And many of those persons have student loans that they are trying to pay off. And one way to retain both your new technicians and people that you're hiring at these levels is to make a portion of their, after they pass a certain period, like maybe 90 days or six months, um, that a portion uh, goes to pay for their student loans. Or the reverse is that you will help finance some of their school and help them and have a flex schedule so they can continue to go to school in the evening so it, as part of your deal. So you, and you can put that in the ad because you're, you're competing for the, the top person that you want to hire. But definitely mentioning uh, other retail locations that would have the experience in each market. Like I happen to have, um, I'll tell you, Verizon store employees or anyone that sells a cell phone or Wi-Fi products. These are extraordinarily technical people that are good with the public. They have to solve problems. I just had an incident personally where I had to buy a Wi-Fi jetpack. I didn't even know what the heck it was. I, it was a task that I had to carry out and they walked me through the whole thing. They helped me and, and it was a woman. She was great. She really knew her stuff and I had a tremendous experience. And I said, that is the type of person that I would like to see working the front counter at a, at a shop. She would be perfect. What a great idea. A Verizon, a Verizon employee. Oh. Well, you put that in the ad, has experience working at a Verizon store or a Sprint, whatever is in your local market, because they're going to say, I have that experience. And you're going to get people who are, are a little more technical, who are great at solving problems and who understand, you know, you know how it gets in those stores or who, who worked at an Apple store, you know, because they line up and you've got that queue of people that you've got to manage. They might even have a lot of suggestions having worked in a corporate environment of how to manage that queue of people coming in the phone calls because they get a lot of training. You know, so you're getting a very, a much more qualified person um, just up front. And by the way, they make much more than minimum wage. Yes, and no doubt, always, always carry your business card with you. Oh, right. Always. Because, and, and always know where they are, right front pocket. And then just lay them out when you meet someone and says, hey, look at them. I'm looking to hire an individual like you. I love your personality. I, I, I love your training. I, I love the things that you know. And uh, you never know. You never know. Come and see me or call me someday when, you know, you're not happy anymore. Well, and there's other things you could be doing. And this, this kind of lends itself to something I really believe in is to get out of the four walls of your shop and get involved in 20 groups. You can get involved in BNI. You can get involved in chamber groups. You can get involved in all types of business and networking groups. These uh, friendships and peer business associates that you make are also great word of mouthers and recommenders. Um, you know, some of the best employees come via word of mouth, not from a Craigslist ad. 
uh, that they know, you know, they pass the word along. Uh, but I, I the, let's go back to the technician shortage. This is something I work at year round with the high schools, the college programs, with automotive. Uh, I'm working with Tech Force Foundation. And uh, this is again outside the four walls. I highly recommend most of my shop owners are doing it is to have a relationship with the local high school and college or junior college or technical college program, do mentors or be mentors or, or have programs where they can uh, utilize your shop as part of their learning environment. And that, you know, I, I actually know a very large dealer group that bought the tech automotive technical school. So they would have all the candidates. And my, my shop owner in that area was complaining that he wasn't getting any more candidates because they bought the school. You know, that's how they solve their technician. Well, that's interesting. You cannot sit inside the four walls of your shop and insulate yourself. You've got to get out in the community and do some of the, the um, long-term investment in upcoming students and also promoting careers for automotive. Um, like purchase, I'm, I've been invited several times to the local high school and also the college job fair. And I speak frequently at these events around Southern California because I want more women to come to the industry. And so I'm a representative and I can tell them my story and what I'm doing and what other women are doing. And it excites them because mo it's not like junior high and high school counselors sit down with these young people and say, hey, how about a career in automotive? That's very rarely happens. It's our job. That's part of our job. We've done a lot of shows on this exact issue, and it goes back to it starts at the dinner table at home in middle school. That's right. That's right. And talking to parents. And so, you know, some of the things I like to recommend that seem not part of that, but are is doing the Girl Scouts uh, Automotive Car Care Badge Program with the high school and junior high girls, with the Cub Scouts. Uh, offering ladies day car care clinics because you may find that person you're looking for if they come and have an interest in cars this is a great recruiting ground and and you can during that period of time that you have them you can talk about careers this is um and also it's um it's newsworthy for your local there's a lot of reason to do those type of activities throughout the year uh, and I, I, I had Amy Matnat, who we all know and love, come on and do a webinar for my clients on four ways to do a successful, you know, it doesn't have to be just one way. Uh, but the Girl Scouts and the Boy Scouts, I'm, I have a strategic relationship with the Girl Scouts. It's so important because many inner city uh, Girl Scouts do not go to the university. They can't afford it. And so they're prime candidates for industry in terms of uh, certificate programs like ASE certificate certification or the two-year uh, course and may qualify for the many scholarships. I've helped a number of young women get scholarships to provide that. One recently who will be honored at APEX, uh, the $10,000 uh, who you are going to meet, Christina um, Sullivan. She's working two jobs and going to school and, you know, this is a very motivated young woman who not only wants to uh, become a master tech, but own her own shop someday. How do we recruit more women into the techni technician side of the industry? Besides all the things you said, listen, get out and speak and talk. We've we've got a an image problem, and you know that that's part of the solution: changing her image. 
quit ripping people off. Oh, wow. There's, let's do a whole two hours on that. Quit taking advantage of the public. And, you know, it's not, there's so many good shots. It only takes a few bad shots. So maybe something our industry has, you know, it's pretty willy-nilly. Um, maybe we need to, you know, have a, a little more um, parental controls on our industry. And that's one of the reasons that I started the Certified Female Friendly Program, because my consumers that go there can be assured that they're going to have a great experience. I, I want to say something about my program, not to brag, but it's vetting works because in I'm in my 13th year. I have uncertified six clients, six. That's it. Now, I've had a few complaints, too, but, boy, my clients get extraordinarily upset. That's the last thing, and they resolve it right away. Six clients that I had to part ways with that couldn't uphold, you know, our, our, the asset promise, our standards, right, which is pretty high. And so... No, that seems one, to be pretty low in, in the case that your, your vetting on the front side was pretty good. It was very good. It was very good because we don't cold call shops and talk them into it. You know, pretty much a shop, most of the shops come to me and, and they go, you know, we're already pretty female friendly. We just want to have your, you know, the certification and help with our marketing. We're not good at that. I said this this morning to a new client. I said, you know, I can train and train and we have ongoing training all the time, but I cannot train someone to have integrity. You either have it or you do not. It is a, it is a precursor to being part of my, my network. And it solves a lot of problems because women are, you know, we have a nose for it. We know when you're trying to take advantage of us, all the red lights and caution lights go off. And, uh, and so I think this is a prerequisite and also being appreciative of our business. Um, you know, shops overall could be a little bit less transaction oriented. And more relationship uh, driven. Um, I'm going to put you on the spot you said earlier, stop ripping people off, and you stopped short of saying we need to get a grip on each other or on our industry. Do you have any ideas? Well, I don't want to be the, I, 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 even with Ask Patty, I don't want to be the, the police department, but that maybe we need to have, a, you know, some of the controls, like if you're an ASA member. There's a code of ethics. There's a ton that are going to training both management and leadership. I, I really feel the ship writing itself. There's a lot that I have chosen not, not to go there. And I believe that the, the, the more that do want to make that leap or that change to you know, high quality, high ethics, um, great business culture, are going to leave some of the others behind. And I, and I think the consumer is going to notice, I don't know what you're talking about. Th these guys over here are great. What I see is that our industry is also a mystery, right? And we talk to each other a lot, but I think we need to get better at talking to our community. We've got to get out the four, outside the four walls and become people that they know, not the automotive industry. No, that's Bob Smith and his wife, Shelley, that's part of my community. I think that, there, that this helps break down some of the barriers for shops to be known for more than just a repair facility or a tire dealer or collision center. Um, and we tend to stick to each other, you know, birds of a feather flock together. We need to be more civic minded and understanding that it is a good thing for our industry. 
to really help people understand the industry. It's a very exciting industry. It's a big secret to most people. I love what you just said, and I wrote down these words because that's what happens when I'm in the studio and I'm interviewing. I'm, I'm inspired by my guests. I wrote down these words, who are we? And to your point, if I'm in the community and they say, oh, he's the guy that owns that shop down on Elm and Maine, uh, why, why am I not doing a Who Are We campaign and we are community and, you know, we provide safe and reliable transportation and maybe we're not in the JCs or the Chamber of Commerce or the Rotary enough or the Lions Club or whatever organizations and we're in Toastmasters. Maybe there's there's something that it's almost like back in the day I remember everybody was involved in something in the community. Now there's a lot of them that are, but I almost think we've taken some shortcuts around that. Why? Life is crazy, it's fast paced, there's so much going on, and we haven't carved out enough time to raise the the who are we flag. Well, and think of it, it think of, you know, I'm going to tell you a little story about 40 miles from my house, an event takes place at the end of February of the year. It's called King of the Hammers. It is 70,000 people attend. It is the Super Bowl of off-roading. And where I live, when I say I'm going to King of the Hammers next week, I'm so excited. They go, what's that? And they have lived here all their life. And they do not know that once a year, 70,000 off-roading uh, do you understand? That's kind of our industry in a nutshell. We think, because we're in it, that everybody knows what we do, what our culture is, what it, we're, all, we're all getting ready to go to SEMA and Apex, one of the largest industry-only shows of the year. When I tell people I'm going to, I mean, it's huge, right? It's been going on for eons. When I say, oh, I'm going to SEMA next week, I'm so excited. They go, what's that? Your point is so perfect, because if you say CES, the Consumer Electronics Show, Everybody knows that. But if, and you know what? Apex SEMA is probably the second largest in Las Vegas. That's right. Everybody drives vehicles. Everybody has phones and, you know, all the consumer electronics stuff, all the bells and whistles and Wi Fi's and door openers and thermostats and all that. And we all have cars. So, yeah, you, you, that's a great point. Why why are we not known as as much as all that other? stuff there's no overriding think it from marketing and advertising overriding campaign it just talks about what is our industry all about we advertise a lot buy this car visit this shop but what is the culture of our industry and what are we who are we as an industry you know these i know that at one time asc uh, had plans to do something like the life of the technician you know like it we want more text, but nobody knows what that's all about. You know I mean? So there, there's sort of this missing layer that, and part of the reason is because our industry is quite disjointed and, and, you know, there's all the silos of, of parts of the industry. Like we all need to get together and say, Hey, um, you know, we need to do a broader base campaign to let people know um, us. And, you know, I am automotive, you know, kind of like I am I'm automotive. I have so, so enjoyed this. But before I let you go, will you tell me about your last 10 days on the Rebel Rally? Yeah, I of course. But I, I'll, I'll try and keep it brief because I could talk about it for hours. It is an all-woman off-road rally, no cell phone, no GPS, two women, 
your daily driver. This is the, it is not a race. It's a navigation rally with a compass, maps, uh, or a road book and plotting tools. Um, they do not get their map or plotting tools for each day till the night before. So they're plotting as they go. Does each team get a different route? So, yes. And uh, they get points for finding checkpoints and they're different number of points. There's green, easier, blue, and then black with no marker. Um, they have a device that when they get within 50 meters, they click it or whatever is required and they get those points. And it starts in Squaw Valley near Lake Tahoe, comes down to the Eastern Sierra through the beautiful sweeping vistas of the state of Nevada that nobody ever bothers to go see, Death Valley, then down uh, into Southern California, uh, down into Johnson Valley, Lucerne Valley, um, uh, through Joshua Tree, over the Salton Sea, down to Glamis, which is one of the most spectacular sand dune areas. All of this is um, accompanied by a Michelin chef cooking all the food out of a food truck, uh, up every day at 5 a.m., self-camping. Um, it is extraordinarily challenging, both physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. It is also transfer transformational. I have been honored to be involved in this from the very start as staff, and I can tell you that that is my vacation every year, going to work that event. And I come back just as transformed as the competitors because we staff run our parallel uh, rally. You asked me earlier, uh, did I shower while I was gone once? <laughs> yeah, that was off camera, if you will. <laughs> I was so curious on this 10-day thing, and Jody says, just once. I can sleep in my Jeep. Uh, the, the temperatures range from four, a low of 14 to a high of 104. Um, it is truly for, you know, we don't have enough times, men and women, in our life where we go to do something that pushes you beyond your comfort zone and exposes muscles you didn't even know you had that you're starting to use and also things that you're not good at, like how do you operate under stress or when you're dehydrated, communicating effectively with your teammate. All of these expose your weaknesses and help you give you a period to work through them. And I can say that and this goes for staff and competitor alike, that it's truly um, an experience that I cannot miss every year because I grew too. Good for you. Sounds like a great experience. And how many years you've been doing this? Three. Hey, we covered some great ground here. Thanks for coming back on uh, another episode here on the podcast, Jody DeVere from Ask Patty. Thanks, Jody. Thank you, Carl. Always a pleasure. Hey, thank you, Jody DeVere, for championing the cause, for being a voice for women in the aftermarket industry as we look to fill our ranks at every level with qualified, willing candidates to work in our industry. This episode's key talking points can be found at remarkableresults.biz slash E382. Hey, a new page on the website allows you to watch every weekly CARMcast. Yes, a new weekly live show where I share with you the goings-on on the podcast and CARM's view of the industry. Hope to see you at CARMcasts. Hey, have a great day. And we'll talk soon. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time.